this week I'm doing things a little bit differently. Trying a new recording method. Working on uh, long distance recordings. Seeing if I can uh, get the audio quality to a point where it works even over a Skype-like alternative. So let me know what you think, especially of the This Week in Buns part. Uh, if it's better or worse than normal, email me podcast at buns.com because uh, I'd like some feedback. Anyway, here's This Week in Buns. All right. Welcome to This Week in Buns. Hi, Buns. How's it going, guys? How's, how's your week been thus far? Full of trades, I hope. Prospering. Uh, what do we got on tap this week? Are we? Well, good? I feel like we never. I mean, we've been pretty good about introducing ourselves, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome I to ISO the Buns podcast. I'm Callie B. Yeah, my name is Koji. I don't really. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not good with intros. I think. Uh, I think the the podcast uh, will speak for itself, and uh, if you want, you can Google whatever find me <laughs> i well, don't know um okay so find, Ka- find callie and, and interact with her <laughs> she's way better i'm horrible at social media uh yeah do you have Go any ahead. lead-ins for this because i have an update from some previous um things that we've covered yeah. this week on buns i think that's a i think that's a good way to start off the this week uh, segment is if you've got any updates because i never have updates so if you've got any updates, hit hit us with them. Well, okay. So Allie Anna uh, posted on November 28th. This was, and we covered this in a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, okay. A big, it's this amazing wood burned. It's an amazing piece of, it's like an oval piece of wood uh, with a CN tower wood burned into it. And oh, she yeah, had yeah. bought it for her now ex-boyfriend for Christmas. Um, and she was like, he refuses to take it. I'm sick of looking at it and I don't have the nerve to try to re-gift it. So make me an offer. And she posted it and she posted again a little while ago being like, it's still available. And then finally she traded it. Uh, So her update post was a picture of her and the lovely girl that she traded it to looking very happy. Um, All that one said was traded to this lovely human being who has become a new friend thanks to buns. And it's like a picture of them holding this amazing wood burn. Um, I saw that. Yeah, so the update to that is that she posted... Oh, wait, there's a further update? There's okay, a third update um, in which she says, um, everyone seems to love a successful buns trade, so if any of you are wondering what I got for that wood-burned piece, uh, thank you to Alexa for making all of my Drake Christmas dreams come true. And then it's a photo of herself wearing one of those like Drake hotline bling ugly Christmas sweaters. What? Yeah, <laughs> so that's what she got. Um, Pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a, kind of a fun. It was. I always really like seeing, especially the ones that we cover on the podcast that are like a weird thing or an interesting thing or something that everyone is like really keen on. If people are like right, right. kind of like vying with each other to see who gets the thing, I really like seeing what they ended up trading it for and like who actually got chosen to finally yeah, get the thing. <laughs> absolutely. Um. So yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. And and it said in the post that they were gonna like be friends now. I know, which is super cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I think I think more buns trades should end in friendship, or at least just tell me that you know, report back so that we have something to talk about. 
Yeah, I, I am. I'm working on some other updates, but I haven't actually heard back from some stuff from last week. So maybe next week I'll. I've reached out to some people asking like what happened with this trade. So we'll see if I can update okay. you on some other some other good ones soon. Sounds good. Well, uh, you mentioned wood burning, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Eli posted in the trading zone. That's Eli Klein. One of the you guys all names. know him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the tool library is hosting a great alternative gift shop this weekend um, at Shore Leave on the Danforth. That's near my house. Uh, unfortunately, you missed it. It was the 10th or 11th. <laughs> like this past weekend, right? But I hope that it went well because uh, they showed a picture of a bunch of wooden buns coasters. Um, oh, I saw those. <laughs> yeah, the like so little bad. troll face. <laughs> Uh, wood burnt in and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that you can get down with at the tool library so although you missed the uh, gift swap I would check out the uh, Toronto tool library and uh, see what they have to offer because it looked like there was some pretty sweet stuff going on and uh, Eli if you're listening I want one of those coasters. I really want one of those coasters. If anyone has a Buns coaster that they want to trade for, um, I can send you anything from America. We have a lot of weird spicy chips down here, uh, some weird flavors of Oreo cookies, and I don't know, various other strange candy and um, Trader Joe's stuff you can't get in Canada. So um, Ooh, let me know. Trader Joe's. Because I really yeah. want one of those coasters. Mm. <laughs> I'm willing to trade my dignity. Well, get me a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> all right what, what do you got for us um okay so i have a christmas related one that i thought was really cute and didn't get that much attention i think so i wanted to kind of give people a heads up um and dara posted in the main zone that her 11 year old has decided that she wants to buy her family christmas presents this year which is adorable like she wants to do it herself without the help of her like parents or guardians like giving her money to buy people presents. So what she's doing is she's decided to buns all of her Barbie stuff. So she has a Barbie mansion, a Barbie convertible, a Barbie camper, a Barbie cottage, and a whole bunch of Barbies and a bunch of Barbie clothes. Um, so yeah, that's some valuable stuff right there. Yeah. So she wants to like, uh, she's trading. I know everybody hates trading for gift cards, but she's trading for gift cards specifically so she can use them to get presents for her family, which I thought was really cute. Uh, so if you want to help out an adorable 11 year old, like be an adult and like use her like own resources to buy her friend, um, friends and family Christmas presents, hit up this post. Um, cause there's pictures in the comments of all of the like amazing Barbie stuff, which I thought was really great. And I mean, you know what, maybe if she's looking for specific stuff, you could do a true trade too. Like if you find out what she's going to buy with these gift cards, if you have it, you might be right. able to like arrange something. So Plus, she's just a child, so I'm willing to look past the rules a little bit. If she's willing to give up her toys, her Barbies, the like dream house and all that stuff, to to buy people presents, that's like a that's a real Christmas spirit type thing going on there. So, you know, just just give her the gift cards. <laughs> yeah, I thought that you was know? cute. Well, speaking of children and their awesome dreams, Amanda posts, "Hey, Photoshop buns." Are you looking to make the dreams of a super awesome three-year-old come true this holiday season? If so, I have the kid for you. This is Sadie. She loves unicorns. 
you, if you look at the post, which will be at uh, Bun's podcast, and you'll see that she's dressed up in a in full princess regalia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tiara uh, and, she's and looking, everything. Yeah, and she's looking for someone to Photoshop this kid into some sort of scene with a unicorn for Christmas. She's added some pics and one kid of the unicorn. Doesn't have to be that one though. In return, she'll send you a really cool card in the mail with some sort of surprise trinket. Well, very quickly after this was posted, she was photoshopped into that very unicorn picture. And I think that uh, probably more to follow, uh, I especially hope so. now that we've got you on the case. I think you can go crazy with this. I think you can get real interesting. <laughs> you know, let's make a series of it, right? So yeah, go to Bun's podcast zone, find Amanda's post, and Photoshop her hilarious child into some unicorn photos. Yeah, I thought that one was really cute too. Especially because last week we had the guy who was doing a contest to get people to Photoshop that picture of him riding a fake, like a not horse thing. And so many people did hilarious photos. So man, if, if you have a Photoshop or some way to edit photos, guys, get on this post. I think it would be really cute to just like get a different unicorn photo and like send her a ton because this little girl is adorable. And I'm sure yeah. she'd be really excited to like have a whole series. Um, I like it. So yeah, okay. So slightly art related um, from Photoshop art to sculptural art. Uh, up for trade in the main zone, Justin put up this amazing handcrafted eight foot long paint tube. You saw this, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. He's planking beside it for scale. Yeah, and it's bigger than him. which is amazing um it's really cool like it looks like like honey i blew up the paint tube nice (laughs) great reference huge rick moranis fan Uh, it's such a good movie um i think someone was actually interested in this i'm not sure if the oh yeah they said trade was pending um and i asked in response to him saying the trade is pending in the comments like to let us know what they trade it for so hopefully next week i'll have an actual update for you because like lord knows we all want to know what the hell does you trade for a giant eight foot long paint tube honestly there's no isos on this either so it would have had to have been someone like offering them something when they like messaged them so i'm dying to know yeah (laughs) i'm 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 kind of curious when it comes to trades like this First of all, what do you want and what do you end up with? Yeah, totally. And why why are you getting rid of it in the first place? Yeah. Who knows? Um Well, I don't really have any art supplies for us, but I do have some art. Annie S uh posted and now unfortunately it's traded. Aww. But posted a uh painting that she had created I, th- I think she'd created it doesn't really specify here on wood oh she did yeah she did um of two characters from the royal tenenbaums it's um it's really oh, good can't, too can't remember either of their names but it's the uh owen wilson and or is it luke wilson i can never remember which wilson <laughs> it is and um uh, the female actress it's in the Margo film Tenenbaum, isn't that her name in the movie Right. With the fur coat. Kind of stare, staring at each other. Gwyneth Done Paltrow. really well. Uh, yes. And she mentions Annie, not Gwyneth Paltrow, but Annie mentions that uh, she can be swayed to do commissions. So yeah. hit her up. 
I think there might be, there's photos of more of her commissioned artwork in the comments. And they're really cool. So, you know, guys, hit her up for some buns trades. Yeah, I kind of want her to do a commission for me now. Yeah, Shit. that'd be cool. Yeah, sweet. Um, mm, yeah. What was I, the next one that I was going to do was kind of related um, to the previous one. Like when you see buns trades that are like a little weird and kind of interesting, like that giant paint tube. Um, Benjamin, and you know what? I don't think this trade has been set up yet. So uh, attention buns who have baths in their homes. Benjamin is ISO a bubble bath. Uh, oh, so me what too. what this post says is, where can the tubless go when they need to splash and splash? Showers are cool and all, but what kind of psychopath takes this rubber duck into a shower? I can't be the only one with this problem. Anyone have a glorious clawfoot wonder tub I can come by and use on the semi-reg? I'll provide my own bubbles, candles, Epsom salts, and Archie comics. We'll scrub your ton tub in return and make it clean. Which honestly sounds like a pretty great trade to me because Lord knows everybody like who likes scrubbing their tubs and sometimes they get gross and weird. And if this guy wants to like come over to your house and soak in your tub for like an hour and then mm -hmm. like leave it sparkling clean like that actually sounds pretty great to me. Yeah, that does sound good. I mean, if I was him, I'd probably clean it before I started sitting in it. But I mean, if he wants to do it <laughs> after, that's that's his choice, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone I, I this. this is like just hearing that really makes me want a bubble bath. Well, you have but a bathtub. <laughs> I do. I do. But hold on before. I'm willing to take a bath. I need, I'm ISO one of those bath time play sets. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I had one that was like a castle and you'd pour water in the top and it have all these wheels and weird uh -huh. things that the water would all go through and then trickle down back into the tub. So if I'm going to take a bubble bath, I need some entertainment. So if any of you have those play sets, hit me up podcast at buns.com. <laughs> And yeah, it's for me. I don't have any kids. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of weird trades, uh, are you familiar with the video game Fallout? I am, of course. Okay, so I saw this post and immediately thought of the game Fallout because it is a cat litter tub filled with bottle caps. And for those of you who don't know, bottle caps are the currency in Fallout. So up for trade from Alex is 4,600. Did he count? 4,600 beer bottle caps. Don't judge me. Uh, I had at least one other person help me drink these. ISO, more beer or best offer. Empty cat litter container included at no extra cost. I did not see this post. Yeah. I've, Has anyone traded I'm wondering. <laughs> I am no, I don't think so. Well, it's, it hasn't been updated, but I'm really wondering how many, uh, how many people and how long it took him to create all these bottle caps. But interestingly enough, there's been some people who have PM'd him for it, so it is, uh, it is a wanted item. Interesting. I mean, I guess people reuse those when they bottle their own beer too. Do they? I, yeah. 
I don't know. I think so. I mean, that's something <laughs> I, I kind of want to get into. The new or I don't know if you can just like hammer it back on. I'm not really sure. Actually, I've never homebrewed beer. I would love to homebrew some beer. Anyway, getting off topic here. What what else you got for us? Um. Well, I mean, totally related to weird trades involving food. Uh, Connor was trading a medium sized geode and a fairly large uh, quartz crystal. Together or separate, ISO beers or new socks. But then the photos of this geode and quartz crystal has just like piles of Cheerios on top of them. And then the geode is round. So the Cheerios are inside of it like a beautiful crystal cereal bowl, um, which I thought was hilarious. So did everyone else. There's like a ton of comments on this where people are like, "Uh, are the Cheerios included? (laughs) And... Uh, like, oh, a bunch of other, like, amazing, like, geode memes, like the Simpsons ones, and, of course, uh, they're not rocks, they're, what is it? <laughs> they're minerals, Mary, <laughs> like, in, All right. the, in the comments. Um, but I just thought this was kind of hilarious. My, my secret wish was that somebody would trade for this and then eat, I wanted somebody to trade for this and then post a photo of them eating cereal out of the geode bowl. Um, that would have been great. Sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. It got traded to um, someone who is a teacher. So it's going to a classroom of children, which is adorable. But uh, sadly, Education. I get a photo of somebody eating actual cereal out of this geode, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, education's great and all, but. Come on, the humor. Think of the lulls. The <laughs> uh, so I've got something totally unrelated to all of this. Yeah. And it is somebody looking to trade their Mercedes E300. What? If you Another can a car? <laughs> a car. Last week we had two motorcycles. So yeah, up for trade is a Mercedes E300 from 1989 power everything only 72,000 kilometers that seems crazy for a car from 1989 anyway uh certified and e-tested hmm. heated seats what but the, from the 80s what they need <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this is a mercedes man spare oh, no yes. expense um what they need though is a truck oh. a small one perhaps like a nissan frontier or a tacoma so if you want to ride around in, in style um, hit up Alessandro. Man, car for truck trade is a new one. <laughs> Just when I think yeah, like that... I won't be surprised by Buns trades anymore. That would be taking it to the next level for sure. I hope this. I hope this happens. Well, if anyone has a truck that they don't want, and they'd rather have, man, heated seats for a winter in Toronto actually sounds pretty great, honestly. Oh yeah, and and plus you get to roll around in a Benz. Mm-hmm. In style. No, no joke. Um, okay, well, speaking of uh, things you would never see for trade going up for trade. Ooh. The Pac-Man console. Me. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sad that I'm not in Toronto to snap this one up. Um, Carrie had posted Bunzing Vintage Pac-Man Cocktail Table. Um Okay, I don't want to do this, but I also want a big girl read sectional couch, and I can't have both due to space. 
Deets. Vintage guts, coin-operated, works like a dream, fun as fuck. Also, you become a hero at house parties. Fact, Pac-Man, not woman. Um, it works, and it works well. Uh, it's an original vintage baby, uh, so be careful when you move it. And yes, this is the droid you're looking for. And then there's a photo of it, and it's like one of those fantastic glass top like you sit at it and you look down and you play pac-man tables and it's amazing and i think like both koji and i are like pretty devastated <laughs> that we didn't oh man <laughs> that would have been my my new coffee table or something in my living room forget about it that seems amazing or just put that in my basement oh i i'm pretty devastated i love old arcade games um I mean, you know what? Yeah. This was literally like people were still commenting on this yesterday. Um, so if you want to like send this person a PM, you may still be able to get it. I'm not. It, it doesn't say that it's been officially traded yet. It, it does, does say, say that, spoken uh, for, but yeah. but sometimes trades fall through and I cannot possibly tell you the number of times I've PM'd someone to get on the wait list for an item and everyone else ended up flaking out and I got the thing. So mm -hmm. still we're still always mm -hmm. worth a try. I've honestly been like seventh in line for something and everyone else just got busy or flaked or like stopped responding to their messages. And I actually like showed up and traded for it and I ended up getting a thing I thought I would never get. So, you know, all hope may not be lost. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, if you're reliable, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm screwed. <laughs> Okay, um, I think I am officially out of posts for the week. So if you've got more, hit me with them. Well, okay. So what I've got, I have a bunch of stuff, but let's see if I can kind of uh, whittle them down a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, all of the pies. <laughs> for some reason, there have been a lot of pie posts this week and like baked goods. Uh, so really? originally, um, our own David Morton, um, Uncle Dave, like Buns King, uh, posted, hey guys, this is in all caps, by the way, <laughs> of course. Uh, hey guys, I'm looking for some people who love to bake to help out with a special Buns project. Must be able to bake sweet, sweet pies. Let's have some fun. And then the photo is like the I want to believe poster with a pie instead of a UFO on it. I saw that. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of people already on this. But if you are somebody who wants to bake pies, I think it might be for charity. It's definitely a buns-related good deed. Uh, so hit up David for this if you um, want to participate. And actually, perhaps Nicole wants to participate because she had posted four of the most adorable, fancy, delicious little pies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I guess she bakes them and sells them at markets. Uh, so what her post says is, pie buns, I have five leftover pies to trade that are perfectly fine but won't be sellable by my next market on the 18th. I have one apple dulce de leche, one persimmon oh apple God. ginger, and three pumpkin buttermilk. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so fancy and amazing. <laughs> um, she was ISO a bottle of decent red wine per pie. And they're so fucking cute. Like she's cut out little, um, She first of all, the crusts are braided. And then she's cut out cute little like apples and pears uh, out of the crust and placed them like gingerly on top so they look all like fancy oh and lovely and 
delicious and amazing. Uh, so, I mean, people were still posting on this uh, like seven hours ago. She did say she still had three pumpkin buttermilk 10 hours ago. So they may not be gone if you guys want these pies. They look delicious. Um, if you miss her pies, but you want baking, or if you wanted to buns trade with someone for some holiday baking, uh, Sage, which is such an appropriate name for someone who's doing baking, uh, has posted in the Maine's Trading Zone that if you need holiday baked goods, she's your girl. She is studying to be a pastry student and has been baking for countless years and has perfected many holiday classics. Depending on the size or batch, uh, depends on what you would trade for it, but she's always ISO baking supplies, groceries, gift cards, ultra cat food, and size small American apparel clothes. Uh, below, she posts some photos of her most recent baking creations, which look lovely and amazing. Um, there's only two, I mean, to be fair, she posted this like 24 hours ago, but only two people have commented on this. So guys, if you want to give away some amazing looking baked goods to people for Christmas, hit up Sage. Um, I will put the links to this. I promise I'll actually put them up in Bun's podcast zone. I forgot to put up last week's links, which I'll be doing today. Um, but I'll put this up so that you guys can actually find this post uh, and trade Sage for it. Just looks so good. Is she crazy? American Apparel Gear? You know that's like limited edition now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're kind of going out of business, aren't they? Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, what else you got? Um, what, you also, what else you got so in the chamber? Speaking of food, uh, we've got literally like yesterday. Oh, no, I guess it was a couple days ago. But uh, Lee posted snack buns, art buns. I'm attempting a magic trick. I drew a picture of a Reese's cup to try oh, to conjure yeah. one up. Will anyone make my dreams come true at Blower and Dover Court right now? This little original drawing would be a great present for someone who just loves chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Or you could put it in your kitchen to remind yourself to get more peanut butter cups. I'm stuck at home with a baby and dreaming of snacks, so make my magic trick real. This is a super steal of a trade. Looking for someone who can do this right now. Thanks, buns. And so it's like a photo that she drew of a Reese's peanut butter cup, which is adorable. And literally, like in the comments, somebody came. Th like, buns magic is real. <laughs> like a couple of hours later... She posted a picture of herself holding the Reese's peanut butter cups. Nice. And she did it. See, there you go. All you need is a, a little bit of talent and an appetite, and you too can get what you want on buns. She's lucky. I wish I had a. I wish I had a marketable skill that I could trade for delicious chocolate. Just like draw people <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get some of those pies. Oh, here's one. Okay, so one more weird trade that I saw this week. Um, and there has been some interest in this, so I'm not sure if the trade has gone through. But someone posted a picture of a book and a cat tower with a cat on it. Uh, so what it says is, cat tower doesn't include cat. Sadly, our fur child has outgrown his play tower. Unique ISO. Before my boyfriend's dad passed away, he wrote a book, and we are in the process of re-reading and rereading it. We are hoping someone is willing to record the book audio style so we can give out the recording to some friends. Uh, it's roughly 200 pages. Even if you don't want to cat tower, maybe we can work out a trade if you're willing to record the audio book for us. Um, PM if interested in either both. So I thought this was kind of cool. Like, And you know what? If they don't end up doing it with someone else, maybe you could do it, Koji, because you have recording equipment and a great voice. 
I'd be ha- well. Were they, are they looking for a voiceover guy well, too? I don't know if I like. That's a very good question. Um, that somebody asked in the comments. They were like, uh, "Oh, apparently this is actually happening." And okay, the first person who oh. responded was a person named Aaron, saying they're totally interested in this. They want it for their. They want the cat thing, and said, "If you wanted us to do the voice recording, like, do you want us to read it for you, or do you want us to just record you reading it?" Um, and I think they're going to end up reading it. So, sorry, I just noticed this in the comment. Um, she said, it's happening. The cat tree is being delivered on Saturday along with the book so we can start recording. Um, so, Crazy. yeah, I guess that trade happened, <laughs> which is like kind of weirdly I, I perfect. Missed on, I missed out on a cat tree. Yeah, your cat is going to be so upset with you. Yeah, if any cat deserved a tree, it was my cat and I fucked it up. Mm-mm. Oh, Callie, I wish I was more on top of buns. I know. Well, you know what? Next time I see a cat tree, I'll, I'll make sure to send it to you. I would have had a cat tree and a Pac-Man table. Come on, man. I just I think I just need to live on buns. You like know what me. I mean? <laughs> I'll just start sending just you all of the good of ones it. when I see them. Um, so my last post uh, oh, this week, uh, posted by our own uh, feral... Uh, or Pharrell, I actually don't, I feel really bad. I'm not, I'm not totally, I'm not totally positive how to pronounce his name, which is awful. Um, I'm sorry. But I thought it was really cool because this is posted in Helping Zone. And I love that, especially on Helping Zone, you can kind of post absolutely anything and people will legit try to help you with it. So his literally says, absolutely. Help. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a dinner party tonight and I don't know how to entertain people without <laughs> drugs or board games. Am I supposed to talk to these people? SOS. Then there's like 58 comments of people like... Did he get the help that he needed? I, I think he did. I mean, people uh, responded with like games. People responded with um, hilarity. Um, people responded with lots of suggestions of different stuff to do. So if you guys are having holiday parties and um, you spend too much time on the internet, you've forgotten how to relate to people on a real face-to-face human level, maybe check out this post. It has some good suggestions. <laughs> But I mean, let's be honest. What what sort of dinner party doesn't have either board games or drugs or both? It's true. Actually, a lot of the comments are people suggesting different games. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's the only way I know how to speak to people. It's either with a microphone or, or in game form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's it for this week in buns. Uh, not that many christmas related posts this week but i'm sure that next week we'll fix that oh yeah there'll be an onslaught and then after christmas i'm sure Uh, there'll be just an onslaught of gift cards trading of unwanted stuff who knows what (laughs) that you're like ill you're like well-intentioned but ill-informed family members giving you weird stuff that you will never use I'm actually really excited I can't to see wait. all these posts. Yeah, right. Um, if you guys see any weird yeah. uh, trades, um, strange things, interesting stuff, heartwarming, uh, buns, magic stories, please, please, please tag me, Callie B or Koji, um, in your posts. If you can't remember our names, just join Buns Podcast Zone, and you can literally just post a link to it in the Buns Podcast Zone so we can see it and we know what to cover. Even if you want us to cover your Perfect. own post, I don't care. Post your post. Then we actually will see it and maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, that's a great idea. If you got a post to promote, yeah. hit us up at the podcast zone. 
All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's this week in buns. Uh, you know, thanks for thanks for listening. And as always, keep on buns in. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So the interview this week is with Ben Perlman of Collective Concerts. For those of you who don't know, uh, Collective puts on, in my opinion, most of the best shows in Toronto. They uh, routinely book, or exclusively book, I should say, the Horseshoe and Lee's Palace, and of course... um, do other bookings, but I wanted to talk to him about what it's like to book uh, an iconic venue in Toronto and kind of be a staple of the Toronto music scene. So here's my interview with Ben Perlman. All right. Uh, I'm here with Ben Perlman from Collective Concerts, who... Uh, for those of you who don't know, is a promoter slash, I don't know, you probably do a lot, wear a lot of hats, corral a lot of bands like corralling Stray Cats uh, for, uh, at the very least, as far as I know, Lee's Palace. Do you do, you do uh, any other venues? Uh, well, I, I hold the calendar for Lee's Palace, so I, like, I'm in charge of all the programming there, yeah. but then Collective also produces probably... All the good shows, three hundred anyway. plus shows a year, it, both inside Lee's and the Horseshoe, which is our other club, and in other venues. So I do shows in other venues from small places like the Smiling Buddha to Massey Hall, and then I also right. do stuff at the Horseshoe and the other buyers that collect do stuff at Lee's. But I sort of just hold the the backbone of the kind of Lee's bookings, I guess. Right. And I I met you because I was playing in a band and sent you an email begging to play Lee's Palace, and you were nice enough to say yes. Uh, and I'm sure that you probably get a lot of those, I would assume. Yeah, I get a lot. Like, I get a lot of emails of local bands wanting to play at Lee's, a lot of local bands wanting to do stuff with our kind of specific collective shows, and then a right. lot of... I get a, a lot of emails from, like, younger touring bands who don't have agents right and they're just kind of coming through looking for a place to play. yeah which is a little tough yeah i can imagine because uh you know probably not a lot of draw and uh, all that stuff before we get into all the inner workings of what it is to be a promoter these days because i'm sure it's not easy how long have you been doing it uh i would say i mean i guess it def- depends on how you define doing it but at least I would say probably about 17 years. 17 years. And when did you start with Collective? Uh, that was probably 10 years ago this coming March. So it's, it's, it's been a while. So you kind of have been a part of the Toronto music scene for, for quite some time. Yeah, I also, like, in b- before, like, I grew up in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I started doing this stuff in high school, and then I moved to Halifax in 2001, I think for school and then started doing shows there and that's where I first got my first like music industry jobs. I moved back here um early 2007 and then I started with Collective a couple months later. Crazy. So <coughs> excuse me. Um I'm sure a lot has changed uh as far as promotion uh and and uh putting on shows is concerned. What's what's kind of like 
been your arc through this whole thing because I, I as a band my experience has been that especially in the early days when I was younger uh, there was more um, I guess there were less venues for for people to promote shows so there was more work on on your end to like get flyers out there and do all this other stuff and now with the internet it's kind of a different beast I would assume yeah I mean like advertising shows is only part of what we do like a lot of it is more administration based than people want to kind of think but yeah yeah I mean when I started like well you're making it sound so much less glamorous than I was hoping it's I mean depends on how you look at it I guess but yeah, I mean, I haven't gone and put up posters on the lamp pole with wheat paste in a very, very long time, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> care to ever have to do that again. Right. I mean, that stuff still exists, and it's still helpful. I, it's just hard to commit the time to that. Right. And be able to effectively do things, especially for us, because we have so many events that just... Yeah, well, like I said, like I, I kind of joked earlier, but you guys put on all the all the best shows in Toronto, as far as I'm concerned. So, it must keep you pretty busy. Yes. Okay. okay so, uh, one of the big questions that I'm sure everyone asks you um, or wants to ask you is, especially now given this whole you know internet thing and people have Twitter followers and, and YouTube subscribers and all this stuff. What sort of metrics do you use to decide uh, which bands you want to book? I mean, it's. I don't know if this is a good answer, but it, a lot of it just comes down to instinct. Okay. Like, you know, there's different things, right? Because there's local bands playing at the clubs, which, to be honest, we are often in need of. Right. So, to me, I kind of, anyone who's from the city who emails me with a semi-reasonable email, I'll give it a chance to. Yeah, yeah. And we go from there. So, that relationship building is still, you know, super important in terms of touring stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we deal a lot on the touring end with agents and managers. So by that point, there's usually something going on with the band. Yeah. But when we get pitch things, those kinds of like social media numbers are definitely something we look at, especially if it's something I've never heard of before. Yeah. So like if I get pitched a band and by an agent and I look up them up on Facebook and I have 30 mutual friends who like them, that to me, that's a good sign that people care. But if I have three who like everything then yeah i'm sometimes more cautious but you know for for us that is like a great way for bands to reach people but it's not how i necessarily like seek them out yeah yeah okay so it's like you said it's more of a an instinct or gut feeling or something i i mean i guess that's why you're doing what you're doing obviously you know you kind of know what's going on I, i guess i mean often like i mean I say that and like I've definitely taken a lot of chances on things because they are big on social media that I've never heard of before and been shocked at how well that can pay off. Although sometimes it's the opposite. I guess you never know. Yeah. But I mean, the the day to day, like I don't, you know, this band's going to get this much money because they have this many Twitter fault. Like there's not, I'm not that, maybe there are other people out there who are that specific or I'm not. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's it, a lot of it's gotten, you know, I'm a music fan. I think I'm good at predicting who's going to be into what and kind of gauging a potential size of a crowd on that sort of experience and instinct. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so you just said that you're a music. Well, obviously you're a music fan. I don't know how you could do this job and not be a music fan. But uh, so what? What do you listen to? I mean, because you obviously book everything, right? Like, yes. It's not really a matter of your personal tastes as, as far as that's concerned. But what do you? What do you kind of like in your off time? In my off time, or God. do you? Are you like fuck music at that point? No, I tend to like go through cycles and like, I don't know. I've been spending like. A, I tend like if I have shows coming up that I'm excited for, I tend to listen to those records yeah. prior to them, and then after the show, I like don't for a long time. Well, okay, what were the last few that you were excited about? Well, like I don't know. Coming up, I have the Sleaford Mods in April. I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, this band called Slaves in the UK, which I'm working on a date for, for similar actually, but I also really like. Yeah, and a band called Susto from South Carolina who been here once and played to like five people they're coming back in january and i think it's gonna start growing and right. their new record is i really like it basically just sounds like an homage to wilco and whiskey town nice so yeah i mean i tend to like that's probably like three quarters of the time and then there's i've also been on like a i don't know country kick lately i've been listening to a lot of like <laughs> guy clark and steve earl and they're like old man texas right. stuff yeah yeah I really love John Merlin. I've been listening to that nonstop for like the last year. But I mean, it also like for me, it's because it's like there's like personal connections. It's like if I don't work with an artist and I'm bummed out about it, I tend to listen to the record less than if it's like someone who I... That's hilarious. I, it's just weird. Cause but I guess like, you know, the the business part of it bleeds into the personal part. It, it kind of has to go hand in hand when you work in the industry. I yeah, sometimes. I mean, like sometimes it's like whatever. I mean, I'm... If I don't get called on like the next big, you know, hip hop thing, it's not, I'm not taking it personally. Yeah. Because that's not really something I'm into and it's not going to affect whether or not I like it. Right. But right. if it's, yeah, if it's the kind of thing that I'm into and good at and I, for whatever reason, don't work with it because of, you know, maybe it's, they work with people who don't know who we are or whatever. Yeah. 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 Then I tend to maybe sometimes pay less attention to it on my personal time. Right. Not always, but sometimes. It's kind of crazy to me to think, I mean, I mind you, I'm from Toronto too, so maybe I just have an inflated sense of this, but like that there are people who don't know collective at this point, I and mean, you, you guys put on turf, so it's pretty, uh, it's not people like there's certain, I mean, it's just like any, it's a relationship based business. So there's yeah agencies and managers who have relationships with us and there's agencies and managers who have relationships with other promoters and this, right. And they have their reasons and some of them are good and some of them I think are silly, but that's just you know we can't do everything believe me you know we're at a point now i think i had like 20 shows last month and i have like 15 this month so i'm not we're not exactly hurting hurting yeah. you know <laughs> there's like things i'd love to do that i think we would do a really good job at but so uh, you actually mentioned something interesting um that there was a band that came and they played to five people. I'm not sure if that was an exaggeration, but no. I'm, I'm sure that there are bands that come that play to nobody, but like every once in a while you must get a sense that no, these guys are, are the real deal. Regardless of how many people are actually here, people need to pay attention, right? Like there's got, that's got to come up. From yeah. Time I mean, time. we like, I think one thing we specialize in is, you know, developing, especially touring acts. So there's right. definitely a lot of bands that, we've booked in the first show no one cares and then it gets bigger or yeah absolutely. i mean i've seen it myself with uh with 
Wild Child? Was yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, they, they, you guys play a show with them, and it was like I put them on as first of four for like a hundred bucks, and then right, and <laughs> now they do like four hundred tickets. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the next show we played with them, we were we were on first, and yeah. they were fucking destroying it, which well deserved, obviously. Yeah, and that was a good like example of like a band I got contacted about, actually by an agent I've never worked with before, who had no idea who they are, and it was last super last minute and. We took a chance because they seem to have a strong social media presence and not just like a strong social media presence but there seems to be people from toronto interacting with them right which is obviously important because you need yeah, to like you can have a fifty thousand twitter followers in south carolina but that doesn't help me but if i you know look on your facebook page and see you posting tour dates and 10 people are saying well what about toronto then that yeah yeah says to me that there's 10 you know there's at least people outside of you know the industry who know who you are and that's important right well okay so speaking of toronto because um i mean i've been playing music here for i'm gonna say a long time in air quotes long time for me because of you know as long as i could possibly be doing it but i've seen venues like uh you know the big bop come and go and uh Whatever the funhouse used to be before it was the funhouse the name kind of escapes me at, the po- at this oh, point but God, uh, i remember um but, I mean, there's been a lot of venues that have come and gone, but obviously uh, at least Palace and the Horseshoe kind of iconic and uh, are still are still around. How have you kind of felt the scene change as, as you've been doing this? Because you said you've been doing it for like 10 years. Uh, I mean, real estate in Toronto is crazy. Everyone yeah. knows that. And that means that the buildings these venues are in are more valuable for other things than they are for mm. venues. And that's just the fact of life. And right. it's you know probably similar in New York and... You know, I think, you know, I'm actually, I think there's a lot of venues out there now that are the size of the Shoe and Lees. And like, to me, that is great. But also, I wonder, like, you know, because you have Adelaide Hall, Great Hall, Velvet Underground, Mod Club, all are kind of around the same capacity. What you don't have are replacements for the Cool House. So there's not like that mid-level, um you know, step between like a big club and an arena or a theater. Right. And you have rebel now, which I don't think really wants to be a live music venue. No. Well, like their primary focus is EDM and then they do a lot of hip hop stuff. And then yeah, they yeah. still do shows, but like their focus I think is more of a giant club. I don't think that's like an insult to them to say, I think that's pretty, Right, right, and that's that's fine. Like I get it. Yeah, so, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That doesn't feel feel like an insult. It's just a different direction. Yeah. So, like to me, the in terms of like my business, the hardest thing, the biggest change right now is that there is nothing in that. Like, there's the Danforth, which is you know fourteen hundred, which is great, but there's nothing between that and Massey Hall right now, really, except for Rebel. So when yeah. I started, even when I was a kid, like. All you know, I go to the Cool House and then the Sound Ac- Docks and the Sound Academy. That doesn't really exist right now. Yeah, yeah. In a, like a way that it used to. So there's lots of clubs. I mean, like the venues close, and you know, it sucks that the I, you know, I did tons of shows at the big. Like I started doing shows at the Big Bop when I was oh, 15. You don't know. even get me started on that. Yeah, but like you know, there are still, you know, the torch gets carried. There's still the Hard Luck. There's still the Smiling Buddha. There's still yeah, yeah. You know, we've made it work, and I do a lot of that kind of show, and I've found, you know, sometimes it's not perfect, but figured it out. But on the bigger scale, 
especially with the real estate, like to find a space that large in 2016 in Toronto, it seems very unlikely. Yeah. It's kind of funny that the conversation about music and venues really ends up coming down to real estate because, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're sitting in the full disclosure. We're sitting in the horseshoe right now, uh, totally empty before anything really goes on. And, uh, I mean, all, Ultimately, it's it's a bar with some tables and a stage, but like there's more magic to it than that. Yeah, I know? don't think the horseshoe, like you know, would be somewhere you could replicate. Uh, you know, if you moved it or something, I don't right. think it would ever be the same. And so, what do you think it is about Lee's Palace and the Horseshoe that kind of it makes it so? I think it's they don't change a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we change some things around, but like oh, delicious burritos. Man. Yeah, but like we keep we keep a focus sort of, you know, we just keep doing what we do. Right. Well, and I think we also constantly try to seek out new things and like, you know, do book things that appeal to like younger, younger audiences. Like, you know, it'd be easy. It's not like, you know, we just keep booking, you know, the Sadie's at least at the shoe and whatever wooden sky at least. It's like, we yeah, definitely make an effort to like try to have new and young things like, you know, last weekend Lee's the Twin Peaks. Like that was a super young, crazy crowd. It's right. not probably a lot of people who haven't been there before or only been there once. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I just think it's we just kind of keep doing what we do and don't don't mess with, you know, successful formulas. Well, I, I, it does tend to work, I think, because there, I mean, there are times when I, I'm, I'm walking by and I'm always seeing a lineup up front. I mean, mind you, sometimes it's for the, uh, the dance cave, the dance cave. But um, yeah, most of the time, it does seem to to be that both at Lee's and Horseshoe, I'm looking at the listings and I can at least find a couple of bands where I'm just like, you can't wait for that show. Can't wait for that. I mean, we were just talking about Monine before we started recording and. I am. Yeah, I mean, that's my my st- era. So stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like a reunion. Yeah. I okay. So um, speaking of of, of these shows specifically, there's got to be some moments in in your um, collective history that kind of stand out. What were some of your favorite shows? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> or no, even better. What were some of your more memorable shows? Because I'm sure things go wrong as well. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's like the famous Jay Riotard night at the Silver Dollar was probably one of the most memorable, but not for good reasons. I don't know if you know that story when uh, I was running, like, I didn't book that show, but I was helping run it. Sure. It was quite a long, it was like within a year or two of me starting and uh, someone jumped on stage. It was like one crazy two packed and he, some guy jumped on stage and he punched him in the face and stormed off stage and then Dan Burke got on stage and started ranting and it turned into a whole thing oh i remember yeah it was ugly it was not i learned a lot from that but that was not a pleasant memory (laughs) right um but i think that's one of the i mean not that specific instance but those types of things in general some of the the beauties of live music is you never know what's going to happen i mean that's probably why people come to shows yeah i mean especially some of those kinds of shows where there's like always that kind of like tension of is it going to like be amazing or completely explode and be a disaster right like there's definitely types of shows that are like that yeah 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 i remember like you know there was a wooden sky show we did at least where they did the encore in the middle of bluer street yeah i was there yeah that was a good one 
you know that was one of those things where like that could have gone really really poorly yeah, yeah. and actually it was did you know they were going to do that no i mean they kind of did it on every other show on the tour so i had an oh, idea okay, okay and i sort of just chose to not bring it up and <laughs> <laughs> hope it hope it all was okay and it, yeah. was, it was okay um i mean there's like shows that are personally memorable for me just like i guess maybe like an ego i don't know like i've done every frank turner show in toronto since day one so every right. time we grow it you know i've never been more involved and in an artist like had more my input sought than with him so yeah. like every time you know even the first time we did the phoenix it's like the first show we done in north america to more than a thousand people and we were like two steps ahead of most of the other markets and like that was cool i mean again it's not as interesting as jerry Richard punching someone in the face but like no but it's got to be it's got to be gratifying yeah that's the word i was actually searching for it's got to be gratifying because uh, even from my own experience there have been times when i've played shows with you guys um you know with bands that i've i've looked up to forever and then finally you know not even finally you just get a chance to play with them and you're like wow this is crazy and that kind of thing must happen all the time for you oh yeah i mean especially like when i started in halifax like it's a long story but you know, we had like several things we brought out there that never had been there before mm-hmm. that we got to be a part of. And like, I wouldn't have even never got to touch them here, but because we were in such a weird market and we were so aggressive, we managed to do it. And like a lot of those like, holy fuck moments happened there for me. So like, yeah. you know, we brought Steve Earle, who I was obsessed with then. He oh, had wow, been there yeah. in the eighties. Uh, Wilco, I did an outdoor show with Wilco. That there. So when I was like good. 22, I had no idea what I was doing. We completely like by this you know seat of our pants like made up did like an outdoor thing and then we did it the next night a small theater in Fredericton which is like holds 700 people yeah, yeah probably like one of the smallest rooms they've played in a million years and it like that was definitely like a holy fuck moment and it was pretty cool right right I did a motorhead show out there and drove and we had to cut the budget so I ended up being the runner and drove Lemmy to and from a strip club <laughs> twice uh, that must have been fun though he was cool. He was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was weird, but it was cool. I mean, just to have gotten to meet him was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's probably one of those things that you'll never forget. No, especially in the context of driving to a strip club in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, back, and then again after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, <clears throat> okay. Uh, just a, f- a few more questions before I, I let you get back to it. But um, what uh, what c- what kind of stuff do you have coming up? At least, I mean, I think we should probably get the word out there. You were nice enough to sit down with me. Let's promote <laughs> some shows. Oh uh, well, I mean, I have that Susto band I mentioned, who I'm obsessed with. On the 30th of January, that's at the Drake. Oh, nice. Uh, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, in terms of Lee's. Well, no, it doesn't I'll, have to be Lee's. It doesn't I mean, have to be Lee's. Whatever I, shows you promote. I get that other one I mentioned, Sleaford Mods and April 1st. Also think it's going to be, I think that's going to be one of those shows that, uh, I mean, they've never toured in North America before. Is that one at least? That's at least on okay. the 1st of April. Yeah. Um, just trying to, you know, I have the three nights of uh, Pup next week, oh, which yeah. is uh, really, that's actually pretty cool thing to be a part of i mean i don't think there's been a toronto punk band that's that's danforth right th- yeah three danforths i don't think there's a toronto i can't think of a band from here who's of that ilk who sold that many tickets 
maybe since Alexis on fire, I can't think of, I, I certainly couldn't name someone. It's so much fun. And yeah. their videos are amazing. Too. It's just awesome seeing them do, like I've known Stefan since he was in a bad ska band and oh nice. he used to play like, like he opened a mustard plug show for me when, oh, when yeah. at the reverb in like 2008 or something. Sweet. So it's kind of amazing to see how well they've done. Yeah, it's pretty I'm, exciting. I'm going to one of those. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I hear uh, I haven't actually had a chance to see them live. The last time I tried to go, it was sold out. So yeah, it's great. They're a lot of fun. And it's just yeah, it's just awesome to see them do well and you know still be awesome people. And right. That's incredible, man. I'm uh, I'll have to check out some of those shows that you mentioned because uh, I want to make sure that uh, I don't miss the next big thing. Um, you know, sometimes. You know, there's also times when like I love these things and it doesn't actually end up going. And, you know, right, right. You know, sometimes things don't click. But but I'm going to assume that you probably have a better radar for these things than I do. So maybe um, you never know. Well, okay. So speaking of that, uh, quickly before we wrap up, what advice would you give? I mean, I feel like I'd be remiss without asking this question. Uh, what advice would you give a young band who, let's just say, they're from Toronto? You know, they. They're just starting out. They don't really know what to do. They don't have any representation, obviously. Like, how do you... What would you I tell them? I think people need to just treat people... Like, find out who the people you want to work with are. Mm-hmm. And you can do that pretty easily. And just treat them as, you know, people. Like, if I get an email from a band just says, like, you know, even if it's a local night, we just love to play. And I give them a gig. And they're just good at keeping in touch and get some people out and are easy to deal with and right. helpful. That's all, you know, that's like the basic thing for me. It's not just about like, you know, them necessarily being the most amazing band. Right. And it's not strictly a numbers game. No, it's so. just about, you know, how you treat people and how you, uh, you know, how you approach people. Like I went to uh music Nova Scotia recently, which is like a, just, industry use a quotation marks industry conference a <laughs> yeah. workshop blah 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 and like after you have to sit through these pitches where like artists come up and do like a song for five minutes and then like Ooh. you do like 10 it's like and then like a 9 a.m and it's awful right but then there's like there was this one kid who's pretty good but right. he like i swear he was like every industry person who came's best friend by the end of it and it wasn't like cheesy or schmaltzy yeah or like schmoozy it was just genuine like right. hey you know oh you do I know you've worked with these kinds of bands. I'm a fan. Just yeah, good at talking to people, and you know, what like that to me sticks out of my mind as a young artist more than most of the other stuff I saw that weekend. I think that's that's an important note because a lot of people might think, oh, that has nothing to do with the music, but I think that that specifically has to do with someone being genuine, and that you know, it'll come across in the art too. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, I tr- like. At the end of the day, if, if you're really good, people are going to want to help you. Right. <laughs> like, that's sometimes it's something left unsaid in these conversations. Right. You know, but... If but you, if being you, nice to people doesn't hurt it either. It doesn't hurt. And just having dream people like people, like, at yeah. the end of the day, uh, like, you know, just want to work with people who I like like and get along with. Yeah. Also, don't be late for sound check. Oh, that's more Ron. Yeah. Uh, we. I'll tell you right now, man. Um, well, I'll tell you to the di- to our dying day that our, my band loves Ron. A lot of people do. He's he's, he's good at what he does. Yeah, he's just and he's yeah, he's actually in a pretty good place now. So absolutely. Well, thanks for for sitting down and chatting with me, and I I hope that those uh, 
those shows go well. I mean, some of the ones that you mentioned and that I mentioned are sold out already. So tough luck, guys. But uh, some of those other ones, more obscure ones, I'm sure there's still one or two tickets available. Totally. All right, man. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Music this week is provided by, I don't know how to pronounce this properly, Dart Boy Music. Well, that was pretty easy, actually. It's D-A-R-T-B-O-I Music. So if you want to check it out, soundcloud.com slash music. And uh, the song is called Early Beard. Thanks for sending it to me, Josh. Here it is, Dartboy. Boy.